Welcome to Wedding and Event Podcast. Frank podcast discussions for event professionals and those planning successful events. With wedding and special event consultant, Toby Dodge of Prepared.com. And Eric Zimmerman, pianist, DJ, and master of ceremonies of ElegantMusic.com. Hello, everyone. The title of this episode is Event Running Late. Hosts have a vision for their event. A beautiful itinerary is composed and the stage is set for wonderful things to happen. Events usually go as planned, but things can occur that alter the proposed schedule. I experienced this happening at a recent wedding where I was the DJ master of ceremonies and pianist. I started seeing the event go off schedule before I had even started. Now, it's true that the times of an itinerary are flexible, and an event can float 15 minutes in either direction, and in most cases, it's totally possible to catch up and to get to everything that was planned. But time was passing, and guests were too long at the cocktail hour. The weather was hot. The couple was not yet done with their family pictures. After a while, I felt a bit helpless to correct the situation. In this discussion, I asked Toby how she would handle an event that was running late. She illustrated several factors that can influence schedule. Her insight, examples, and level-headed solutions made sense, and some even surprised me. And now please enjoy Event Running Late. I had a bit of a mystery this weekend. They were saying that they would be letting people in at about 6.40, I think it was, uh, for a 7 o'clock grand entrance. Okay. You know, and so play some background music. That makes music. sense. Yeah, play some background music. I guess the family pictures took longer than uh. what, what was needed. On top of that, there were other things about this wedding that were um, that was actually quite creative. I, I do have to say that that this couple really enjoyed planning their wedding, and both uh, he and she were in equal um, participation. You know, it wasn't mm. like like a, a guy who says, "Well, whatever you want, dear," and and just. I'll see you on the day of. Um, which happens. <laughs> which, which, which happens far too often, I think. But no, they really um, had fun putting this together. And they choreographed an amazing first dance. It was very comedic. Oh, oh it, was, it was quite something. Very comedic. And, and then later on, they sang, both of them. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and they had a, had a whole rock band that um, uh, friends that, that had played, uh, that they had the groom had performed with. Wow. And uh, yeah, very creative people. And, um, and so I think that they didn't, they, uh, I guess the thing that I wanted to bring up is that, yes, there's, a, there's an itinerary and there's a plan, you know, and it looks good on paper, but now you have the execution and the actual boots on the ground, what's going to happen yeah, next. What's going to happen next. Uh, type of a thing and whether or not to keep to the schedule and and just that mm-hmm. type of thing and and I re- recall you saying something very wise to me that it um, it's all based on what's important to the bride and groom what they think is important yeah. from, from their standpoint vantage point and we can we can guide them you know and we can say well you know it'd be good to do this now or you know or this type of thing but it really does if they're in the moment and yeah. they are really enjoying 
going table to table, let's just say, and talking with guests and is taking way too long. But you know what? Let that happen, yeah. I would think. As long as the chicken isn't overcooked. Right. As long as you don't have to <laughs> uncook the chicken. That's right. <laughs> so in this particular wedding, the, um, the pictures took longer. And I, I, that's fine. And, and then what happened was is that they did have some guests that were performing. So that added to uh, a, a good 20 minutes more, almost a half hour more. Really? Yes. Of um, There were one, two, three, four, like five performers. And doing separate things? Doing separate things. Oh my gosh, that's like a show. It's a, it's like a whole show. And and you know what? It, what was really cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, when I took when I I, I took some uh, theater improvisation classes uh, from a Tamara Wilcox Smith, and she um, uh, she had said something to me that was very interesting. <clears throat> she says there's a there's a difference between activity and action. The activity is that you're, you're cutting carrots, let's just say. That's the activity. And then the action is where the father is talking to his future son-in-law about mm -hmm. what he expects of this son-in-law. So the activity is, you know, the cutting, of the cutting of the carrots. And then the action is this change of condition or this this developmental situation that's happening and that's where the real interest is and so i guess the the thing that i wanted to say is that there was real change or there was real expression or there was real sin sincere communication that came from these performers were they all uh professional no but no. boy did they mean it Oh, and it was great. They that is they and it, and it really forwarded, I think, the action. You know, the activity was performing, but what they communicated and the songs that they chose, and the the message inside those those songs were just just great. The wedding was in the hands of um, a coordinator, uh, Kelly Bloodworth. Oh, uh, I've heard of her. Yeah, yeah very good looking woman and very calm. Yeah, and, <laughs> considering all this stuff and, that was and cons happening. Considering what was happening. And I, I really enjoyed working with her. She took everything in stride. I think her demeanor especially helped me to relax. And, and I was like looking at this beautiful itinerary just going by the wayside. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, all the things that I had planned and, and what was going to happen. But it was good to, um, to have someone so grounded into you know letting it happen and then we we did have a very important discussion it was a, a very telling discussion because we could have picked up the itinerary from where we were at this point we had to make this decision of are we going to go forward on the itinerary or are we going to skip to cutting the cake and skip to wrapping things up so that we can get into the dancing and so we can get into other things and uh -huh. and one of the uh, seminal or one of, one of the pivotal points was that uh, the bride and groom would sing this song. The band would continue the song and the bride and groom would go out on the dance floor and, and, and dance. 
and then I would announce that everyone is to join them yeah. on the dance floor yeah. while this song is performing, but playing. Sure. You know, and then once everybody's on the dance floor and the band is ready to stop and everything, I cue the DJ dance music. It's the same beat of the song. Right. So, so it would, yeah. It just it just propelled it all forward. Yeah. And but and so we could not do that and then stop and cut the cake. No, that would have been awful. Yeah, you you would have you had all this momentum, you had this all yeah. going forward, and we did. We 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 kept it going. But so I decided, okay, let's cut the cake early. And before the performances, before all this other stuff, let's cut the cake early. So so she so she looked at me, and we both kind of went back and forth on it. She says that's the right decision. So we did, and we, we cut the cake. They said thank you. And, and then at that point, we went into these, this other, other the dance, thing. The dance. Their dance, which was nice because they were together doing something. They had the attention of the crowd by, by uh, doing the cake, night, uh, cake cutting. So it, it was the best flow because everybody was then focused. And and they you didn't have to get their attention. It was more natural for them to go, and then everyone is watching them, and then they join in, and then you have your uh, number to to um, sync with that. Mm -hmm. Ah, that that was great. It did. It worked so, out very well. So this was after. Excuse me. <clears throat> this was after they had their meal. Yes. Okay. So you had some other things planned. That was really interesting. But in the beginning, when you explained that they were late in uh, because of photos, what, were the guests kept in in cocktails longer? Yes, or were, were they they were kept there, so they didn't have to come in and just wait for them, right? To come in, and and this was a, a very well, it was over the weekend, so it was very warm. Oh my gosh, I was outside. I know, and the cocktail hour was both indoors and outdoors, but even the indoor bar part was open doors, open windows, so it was hot yeah, yeah. in there. I had heard from, uh, not directly to me, but I had heard mm -hmm. the, this other a coordinator assistant come mm -hmm. over and, and, and talk to Kelly and just said, yeah, there are people that are asking when dinner was going to start. Yeah. And she handled it very, very well. And, and there were tons of hors d'oeuvres coming out. I oh, mean, it's not about food they, at yeah, that point. I was I was actually pretty impressed on on yeah. the uh, Santa Monica Windjammers uh, Yacht Club in Marina del Rey. Um, okay. Uh, actually, put forth they they it was qu quite something really. People were hot. They wanted to get in. They wanted to get into the air conditioned room, and finally they did. And then everything moved forward correctly. But then we were, yeah we were about a half hour behind. Yeah. And uh, and I tell. I tell uh, people that I work with that, you know, this itinerary is, a, is an estimate and that things are going to float 15 minutes in either mm -hmm. direction and that if we have to, we can catch, the, catch it up. You know, we can, we can do things to do that. But, uh, but what I, I guess, maybe I answered my own question. If the change in itinerary is due to an activity that the bride and groom are doing, Mm -hmm. So it's like a choice mm -hmm. at this point. Then I think that. Well, how would you how would you handle that? As well? Okay, that's that's a good question. I have a few answers because it actually has happened to me uh, several times over the years. 
And each each situation was a little bit different. Everything was stationary in the sense that the kitchen and everything was there. It wasn't rented. You weren't in a an off-premise. However, it did happen in an off-premise location where the couple just took, you know, seemingly forever to take these pictures. And I remember having the conversation with the couple before the wedding, uh, you know, weeks when we were making up the itinerary, and I, I thought it was a little tight, that, you know, itinerary that the photographer had given them. Because mm. I take the itinerary needs of the photographer and the caterer, if there's any situations with the location, and then what the bride and groom want, and what I think will work well. And take everything into consideration, hmm. because if any one of those parts is off, it could be disastrous for whomever it would affect. Yeah. So I remember telling them that I thought that the photographer had a little had it a little too tight because I felt I had a good reading on the bride and groom, and very much like your couple, they were spontaneous and. Uh, on in some ways and then very you know organized in others because they practiced that beautiful dance you mentioned and all and they were very much like that you know there were certain things that were really important to them and then other things they could let go mm-hmm. so they said to me it won't be a problem because if we want to stop we'll stop well, that's not exactly the answer I was hoping for. And I, I I, realized I just have to go with the flow. This, for whatever reason, they're convinced. And, you know, I could have become more strong and just say, I'm going to push the timeline, you know, forward a, a bit. Mm-hmm. But I felt the better thing to do would be to just tell the caterer what might happen in advance that so that if it if it would ruin food if we had to to start a little later and we could just have more dancing before the meal hmm. because i really was concerned mm-hmm. um and it it proved correct the bride and groom were taking longer than we had planned. It was outside. It was very warm. There were trees. But when people start standing around trees, leaning on a tree, <laughs> you know you're in trouble. Okay? <laughs> there. This is a physical signal. I'm tired. It's hot. You know, I'm not giving up this space until I have to, you know, kind of attitude. So I went over to the photographer and I said, do you have any idea how much longer we're going to be? Because we're about 15 minutes over what we had anticipated. Uh And I have to give a cue to the caterer for Uh when they need to, you know, fire up or serve this uh, plate, the salads, whatever. I'll never forget this. The... The photographer turns to me and he says, they've asked me for these pictures. When they're done, we'll let you know. 
And he said it in not a mean tone, but a very stern tone Hmm. as if to say, you're not interrupting this and you're not going to make me stop because he didn't obviously want any consequences from them. And so I knew in an instant that he was going to have a story if, if I pushed the, the issue and he didn't get something, he would have blamed me, but it's not about me. It's about everybody. And he didn't understand that, you know, he was so concerned with what he was doing and his reputation. So I decided much like you, I said, you know what? We got to go with it. And so I let the couple know that since the the guests were ready to go in, if it was okay with them, I wouldn't move them yet, but if it was okay with them, I would have some dancing before they're introduced. Hmm. Because that was not on the plan. In other words, they were supposed to come in, dance, have the wedding party, and then invite the, the families and then everybody. That was the original plan. So I just asked them, are you okay if, you know, if they're ready to, you know, find their seats and the ones that want to dance, dance, and we'll just wait. And when you come in, we'll ask them to sit down and you'll be introduced. And she said, sure, no problem. It was the best thing I did because those who really wanted to sit down, take a drink and just watch and listen to the music and with, I don't know, there couldn't have been more than 10 or 12 couples Mm -hmm. that were dancing. But they were action, just like mm-hmm. you said, you know, or activity in this case, that there was something different <laughs> than standing and talking. They, they, we moved we moved the action or the activity. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, in another 15 minutes, so they really went over almost 40 minutes because I didn't move them until an hour and 20 minutes. Mm. Can you believe that? Wow. Yeah. And so the caterer knew everybody was fine. Now, Okay, so now what was the sequence for the rest of the evening at that point? We kept it. We were just... You picked we it up were, from right where you had left right it. Right where we... Yeah. In other words, the only thing we did was that the guests got to dance before. And there were there are families that don't like that. You know, that they prefer to have them be the first to dance. And frankly, there are cultures that wouldn't consider dancing before the bride and groom are introduced. And I think there were some people there that loved the music. They were tapping their feet, but they weren't dancing. And there's something to that. I I really do um, respect that. But I just felt that I couldn't ask these people to stand any longer. Mm -hmm. And there was no inside outside. <laughs> it was outside. So um, it worked out. It really did. And the other thing that I was thinking about is that if I didn't entertain them, they were going to leave early because the energy would have just been so flat and it would made it, make it so much harder on the, the uh, band and the DJ. They had a combo. Um, in the beginning that 
the bride and groom would have thought, what's wrong with this band? You know? Hmm. And there wasn't anything. It was just, they took longer. Obviously, if the bride and groom wanted to stop the photos, they would have. Mm -hmm. But they didn't. So that is just one. I'll, I'll tell you at another time a few other stories that went very differently. But that's the closest thing. That just that slight change made a big difference. Made a big difference. Yeah. Sometimes you have to stop um, what do you call uh, speeches, especially when one speech went so long and mm -hmm. you know that you have um, a salad dressing that is heavy. Now, I know this sounds ridiculous to a lot of listeners, but believe me, a caterer really cares about this. Um when you have certain dressings, especially for like a Caesar dressing, sure. you do not want that Caesar dressing S sitting, sitting on there. that salad any longer than it, than it has to. It just, it's not good. It, it's bad for the salad and the texture and everything. So uh -huh. you have to be careful when you're having a Caesar salad. And this is what happened one night. When we're having a Caesar salad, the best man and maid of honor. And I think there was a matron of honor. So there were supposed to be three speeches. Well, th we talked about this. They promised. I, I even asked them, if you have it written out, send it to me. I can time it for you. You don't have to do it. I'll time it. And I'll let you know if there's, you know, because I know it's a private thing. Sometimes they don't want to share their speeches to each other and this would be want to be a surprise. Mm -hmm. So I said, just send them to me. I'll time them. I'll listen to them. If there's anything that's a, you know, a duplicate, anytime you have three people talking, it's always a good idea to do that uh -huh. in the same time frame. In other words, if they say something similar and it's spread out, um, you know, throughout the evening, not so bad because some people have missed it. Some weren't listening it's not that big of a deal. But when they're talking one after the other, and you know you've given 10 to 12 minutes for those three, and that's a plenty, that's a long time. That's a long time, yeah. Right. And he took up eight minutes by himself. Mm. And I got dagger eyes <laughs> from coming from the kitchen <laughs> because they know there's two more. Yeah. <laughs> And they, they have to have, you know, a, a 10 minute or 12 minute leeway. So they think when they, the, the best man starts, they start plating, you know, all's over if they go over that. Right. And, you know, some places and some caterers wouldn't care. But and also happened. some food and some foods are Right. Fine. No big deal. But it was at a place that really cares. Well, fine dining. And, you know. and, yes, fine dining. And the Caesar was one of their signature dishes. Oh, my. You do not cross them on that. <laughs> and so I just went over to the bride and groom and... I slipped him a note and because I didn't want to interrupt the, the best man. And I just slid a note and it said, the salad is ready. We're going to put down the salad after the best man. And once the salad is mostly consumed, 
we will have the maid and matron of honor speak. Wow, that was a good call. Yeah, it just, it had to be. It had to be that way. And they kind of looked at me oddly and they kind of went, okay. But they mm-hmm. were like, like what's not the big annoyed, deal? but yeah, like, you know, really? Uh-huh. Kind of that kind of a look. And I just said to myself, later they'll understand. Mm. And, you know, when she was, the bride was fixing her hair and stuff before the cake cutting, that's when I went over to her and, and I just said, look, I want you to know why I did what I did. Mm-hmm. And she said, makes perfect sense. But she was more worried about the maid and matron of honor that they had drank too much during the cocktail hour. So she didn't want them to talk much later because she was afraid they were going to they weren't going to sound so good. Uh See what I mean? Everybody has a different concern, a different value. And so I, of course, didn't ask the bride you know, do I have to worry about them waiting another 15, 20 minutes because they're going to be drinking too much? I mean, that that never occurred to me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I know. But you know something? After that, it is always after something happens or you're warned about something. You then say to yourself, oh, my God, I didn't think about that. <laughs> now I got to I got to add that to my list of. <laughs> Of questions. Is it safe for them <laughs> to wait? It's important. It, this is an important aspect of, of this. Yeah. Because, yeah, you could, you could have a perfect itinerary, but then in the execution of it, being flexible and being able to roll with it. And then I, I think what's interesting, too, is that from someone so experienced that you would be able to help the client or inter- uh, make the best decision mm-hmm. in this new, in the light of this new situation. You know, uh, that's very true. Uh, you know, there's a few different schools of thought when it comes to things like this. Uh, I'm sure that some planners um, have a talk with their couples and they just say, look, I don't want to bug you during the, the wedding day. I'm not going to interrupt you. If you see something changing, it's because there's a good reason for it. And I hope you will trust me and my judgment. And how do you feel about that? Okay. That's so a, that's, that's a valid. That's a great, valid. that's a great thing. Yeah. 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 And then there are times when you have a couple and if you make one slight change, they're on you. They, they just are. Uh-huh. And it's, it's sad because they're not living in the moment. They're not really a true participant. Well, they're, they're, be, they're being a coordinator. <laughs> they're, yeah, they can't help themselves. Uh-huh. So you, you should hopefully as a planner know that, you know, by the time the wedding rolls around, that this is their mode of operation and that's just the way it's going to be. Okay. Yeah. Once in a while you get a, a surprise where you have somebody who is like that and on the wedding day, there it's like butter. They anything you say, you you, they're, they they have let go, and there are people who can do that. And I think they'll they've enjoy they'll enjoy. Oh, of course. They're proceeding course. so much more. 
And they probably <laughs> feel, look, I, I have been, you know, uh, picky and pushy and, and persistent. So what the hell? I can't, you know, do any more than I've done before. <laughs> so now it's in their hands. Right. You know? And it's their fault if anything goes wrong because I've done everything I can as a bride. So you get that type. Then you get the most congenial person who says okay to everything that makes sense and whatever. And then on the wedding day, the realization that this is their day. And they actually have been pushing it away. They actually were too nervous. To really confront it. Yes. To confront it. And finally, on the day, it's like a panic attack. It comes all rushing to them. Yeah, yes, absolutely. an absolute panic attack about everything. And all you want to do is just hug them <laughs> and just say it's going to be great. It's going to go, everything's going to go just fine. You have been listening to Wedding and Event Podcast with Toby Dodge and Eric Zimmerman. If you have a question, comment, or topic suggestion, please call Eric at 626-797-1795 or contact Eric by email, eric at elegantmusic.com. That's E-R-I-C at elegantmusic.com. Contact Toby by email, toby at prepared.com. That's T-O-B-E-Y at P-R-E-P-A-I-R-E-D dot com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and receive a new episode each week. Thank you for listening.